seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. This week's Down From The Detail podcast, I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils Germany show. This week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay? You have a good week, mate? Yeah, yeah, not, not too bad, not doing too bad. I've, I got over Friday night fairly quickly. It was a bit of a, bit of a strange old night, really, wasn't it, Rob? But yeah, got over that and uh, looking forward to Thursday night, now, mate. Yeah, strange old night, going, driving up there on the motorway, being, uh, seeing, uh, was it a big... Plane. Yeah, it was funny. We, well, my dad thought he saw a Spitfire at first, didn't he? Because he said, didn't he, when we were a little bit ill, a little more. Mm. And then, uh, he's, remember, um, there was a bridge, wasn't there? You know, just when you go past the red road, the white road into Yorkshire, just yeah. on the top there, that I did. He said to me then, didn't he? Uh, I, I mean, he made me jump in. I thought it was like something on the ball. I was like, what, what's that? It's like a, I think it was a Lancaster bomber, wasn't it? So it was massive. Anyway, wasn't it? it flew right over the top of us. So I did a loop the loop. You didn't see it though, did no, you? No, no, I didn't. You were looking out the window trying to see it and couldn't see it. Oh, no. Then we saw a big ring. Thought it was, I thought it was signs. I thought it was big signs for yeah. us to go and win it. I thought there was going to be a pot of gold at the end of the night, mate, but we didn't get tried. No, we didn't. <laughs> Fool's gold, mate. That's what it was. Fool's gold. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So what have we got on the show this week, pal, mate? Yeah, we've got the news. We've got a review of that Leeds game. We've got Ian Watson in Coach's Corner. We had a good chat with Ian, didn't we, on, uh, on Friday night? He was very honest and gave us a good interview. We've got the amateur report. There's some big news in there regarding Folly Lane, which we'll speak about afterwards. We've got the preview of the St. Helens game on Thursday night. And we'll also have our Player of the Year award, Rob. Yes, exciting times. Lots of people have voted. See who comes out on top. So what we'll do, we'll start with the news coming out of the club this week. So, here's all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. Um, breaking news from last night in the League Weekly. Dave uh, Nosey Parker, his article, Paul, in the League Weekly, says that he, we have signed uh, Gavin Brennan from Rochdale. Um, Gavin Bennion. Bennion, sorry. Uh, sounds like a good player to me. Yeah, he does. He's a 23-year-old prop forward. He had 16 appearances and, and four tries. And if I vaguely remember him, I'm sure he played against us in that friendly game at the start of the year at, in, in Scotland or the Crown Oil Arena as they call it these days and uh, yeah he's, he's quite a fair size isn't he and uh, hoping that he's going to be, be a good forward for next season I mean if you, go, if you look at the other sort of team in Super League quite a few players have come from that championship haven't they and, and made it made good strides in, in the Super League I mean if you look at Alex Warms he came from Batley didn't he and he's, he's doing good things at, at St. Helens and the other lad, Keegan Hurst, who was at Batley, he's, he's performing well for, uh, for, for uh, sorry, Wakefield this season. So there, there are players in, in the lower leagues, aren't they, Rob, that can, can do a job. And Zach Hardake is probably one of the main ones, and he came through from Fenston. So there's lads in the lower leagues that can do a job. It's just about finding those gems and then and coaching that right way to Super League, because we know it's a big step up, don't we, from, uh, from the lower league. Yeah, 23 years old as well, Paul. He's not... Uh an old one, he can, he can obviously develop, and that's the kind of t- a squad I think Ian Watson's looking for. 
Yeah, it certainly is, isn't it? Well, we spoke to him on Friday, didn't we, after the Leeds game, and sort of that was the main thing he was alluding to about next season, wasn't it? Um, you know, the kind of players he wanted to bring in, and he was sort of saying those, those guys, those young, hungry guys, were not sort of dead in experience, but had a bit of experience, sort of 23, 24 year olds. They're the sort of players he wanted to, to, to add to his squad, so, uh, you know, that's one of hopefully a few, because, like we said on last week's show, we're losing a few players, aren't we? There's been a few players that have been announced that's going, so. We're a bit thin on the ground anyway, aren't we? So we know we need to strengthen. Uh, we've got the lad coming from Newcastle, haven't we? The centre from Newcastle is coming in. And this lad from Rochdale. So, uh, so two, uh, two young lads with a, with a lot to prove. Yeah. Talking about development, Paul, uh, the South Red Devils Foundation had a meeting uh, tonight, Paul, talking about their uh, Rising Stars programme. You went. Um, lots of good things going on there. Yeah, there's a good group of people turned up down there and it was very interesting to, to listen to. Well, they were mainly supporters of the group that came, well it was supporters really, people that been watching songs for a long time, so some longer than others, and they all came up with their, their ideas, and basically it was Danny Barton, and is it Mark Brockhurst? I can't remember yeah. what group it is, but it's Mark Brockhurst, yeah, he introduced himself, I know they do great work for the foundation, John Blackburn was there as well, and uh, so they gave us a bit of background of what was going on, and they need to raise funds for the, these rising stars, you know, the, the, the young people that are coming through, and the under-16s, I know we haven't got an under-19s, that's story we'll probably talk about that later on but it's all about getting funding for these these young kids now you know and their, and their journey you know um, in rugby league basically and uh, that's what we were talking about perhaps uh, getting ideas on the table and how we can, we can raise the money and that's what tonight's meeting was about you know, just like a starting point and I think there's going to be another meeting in a month or so so I'll hopefully try and get down to that one and keep you posted on there but uh, we're hoping to get maybe Danny Barton or, or Mark on the show I had a chat with Danny tonight he's up for coming on and people will be able to explain it a lot better than I can uh, but, but that, that was a gist of it really people had a few there was a few good ideas thrown about there and, you know, for sponsorship for players and uh, sort of nights out I know sort of Saying now, uh, sort of nice in, in pubs and all that, you know. Obviously, I think Dennis, who does the dog and parts, I think he was on about having something there. He'd not attended the meeting tonight, but I think he put that idea forward. There's a few people there, I think he was going to do donations. Uh, there's biz- local businesses are on about getting, you know, sponsoring players and putting money forward. Just trying to think of some of the other ideas there. Um, I know we were perhaps thinking of doing a devil in the detail live, one bit perhaps yep. somewhere, and people coming down, and obviously, if they want to contribute a couple of quid to that. You know, all, 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 all well and good. So yeah, there was, there was plenty of ideas, and I'm sure there'll be more at the next the next meeting, and hopefully there'll be some players coming through at that meeting. You know, some of the new players that are going to be involved as well. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's great. And I mean, frustrated about the length of the start of the meeting. There's a lot of um, I think a bit of ill feeling there as well. I mean, I, I know I was really upset, but there was one gentleman there who was upset. He sponsored players in the under 19. He was really upset about that. It's understandable, Rob, because it's. It's something that's close to my heart, the, the, the youth and so on. And I was really upset about that last season when it went. And I think it's something we need to fight to get back, really, because uh, you know it's, it's a pathway for the players, and it's it's the, the foundation that you build your club on, really. So, uh, so it was a good meeting tonight, and uh, hopefully the ball will start rolling in the right direction, now. Yeah, I suppose, Paul. It's all about investing in a future. Obviously, you kept, Ian Watson talked about it in the interview later on about us being a recruitment squad. Uh, and obviously, for me, being a recruitment squad isn't a long-term sort of plan. Obviously, you need uh, an academy, you need a pathway from the likes of the Rising Stars all the way through to a, to a you know through an academy to the first team. And obviously, we we need the Rising Stars to be a success because if, if obviously at the 
kind of college level they're playing at. If you are a success uh, and you are representing you know England at that kind of level, if you are a top top player, you know what happens then if you're not a fully developed player who can slip into a Super League side? What happens then? You have to leave Salford to to further your career. So I think you know it's it's in our interest, I think, to make this project a success because if it is, like you say, it could be a pathway to get the academy back. Yes, certainly. Uh, when we spoke to him, we had a chat with him sort of before the interview, didn't we, on, on Friday night? I must apologise to him because he had to run for the bus, didn't he, on, yeah. on Friday night? Uh, he really did. He was excited, legging it around the cricket ground when we came out. So apologies to me and I hope he got the bus all right. Sorry for keeping you talking. But yeah, it was, it was a good chat with him. I was quite, I was quite alarmed when he said that, really, about us being a recruiting club. Obviously, Ian's got his hands tied and it's not, not his fault. So that's, that's just the. the the cards he's been dealt and the way he's got to deal with things but when he said that about being a recruiting club I thought man it's, it's quite short sighted really isn't it and um, you can't it is like you say there Robbie it's not really built for sustained success is it you know being a recruit, recruiting club you've only sort of got to have limited amount of success then you know? you've not got the foundations to build the club on it tonight was, was another night really where I thought it was a bit it was strange really we was having this meeting and the things that we were discussing when it didn't feel to me like perhaps the people at the top of our club, maybe our owner, is interested in um, the youth set up and I find that very, very disappointing really. I mean, only Mr. Kukash could answer that question really. I mean, I find it quite sad that he wouldn't want to get involved and be on, on board with that but uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it just seems strange to me. Well, for, for me, when obviously we took all, he took over the club, uh, we had a foundation uh, and we had a, a, a sort of a first team squad and we dabbled in both, didn't we? We had people you know, coming through the, the found, uh, through the academy, only one or two, let's say, and we bought players, didn't we? And now, three was it three or four years down the line, we've got no academy and, and we've gone to a, a, a sort of recruitment squad. And, you know, it is a risk, Paul, that, you know, we might not be able to purchase the players to take our, you know, our club to the next level. Looking, you know, at this season, the likes of Chris Barney, the you know players like that, where we've gone out and purchased these young kids, we have sort of struck really lucky with the likes of Chris Brining, because obviously Chris Brining may not have turned out as good as he was, and you know if he hadn't turned out as good as he was, our season would have been a bit different. Um, so yeah, it's interesting times. You know, down the line, Marlon Cooch might look at hopefully reinvesting into our uh, youth policy and, and youth system, and you know I think it'll only benefit him in the long run because obviously if we are churning out you know young kids it'll save him having to purchase kids from other people because other people have obviously invested their money and their time into their kids and we're all going to get the ones that they don't want or we're going to pay top dollar for them so it's interesting yeah. it's interesting times for, for me and you know hopefully you know we'll, we'll see how we go and you know I'm confident you know Ian Watson talks about you know buying the buying you know kids who are hungry and you know we want that don't we end of the day uh, but it's just about getting a balance and Marlon Kukish has said before in um, BBC interviews GMI wants the club to stand on its own two feet which is fine um, which is great we know we know where we stand with that but we, we do need a bit more investment in that area for me but it's his club yeah. we'll see how it goes yeah certainly just going back to, to that uh, I can understand sometimes where, where you're saying there's a lot of money to have an academy you know if you only get so so many players coming through over, over five you don't get many coming the club, obviously, the club, you know, sometimes you know, key cash is running a business, whatever. But I can understand his point of view from from it in, in a certain way. To say he'd say 
well, we've had this academy. We paid so much. I pay. I paid so much money for it, but I've only produced two players. And some people might look at that and think it's quite short-sighted. But with an academy, I don't think it, obviously it's important that you want to produce players. Though you don't want to have an academy and not produce any players. There's no point in having it. That's the point I'm trying to make. But sometimes you have to look at it in the bigger picture. I think if you've got an academy, an under 16s and an under 19, you are then giving those young kids in Salford a goal to aim at. If you're a young lad in Salford, 8 or 9, and you're into the rugby league, and you want to play for Salford, if you've got an under 16 and under 19, you've got that pathway then to get there, haven't you? And that generates interest. That gets parents going. That builds crowds. It's, it, 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 it all interconnects, doesn't it, Rob, at the end of the day? Um, if you don't have these things, and you have, it's like an house, isn't it? If you don't have certain things there, bricks missing, there's going to be holes, isn't there? And to me, it's like it's a big brick missing, isn't it? Because you, you've got your kids at school there, you know, Danny and the lads are doing a great job getting all these kids down there in these summer camps and things like that. Then you're getting them up to 16. But once they get up to 16, you've still got a massive sort of few years before they can play first team, haven't you? So obviously, you've got those sort of under 18s, under 90s, which is a really important stage of the player's development. But we're losing those kids then. Because at 16, where are they going to go? They're going to go to Warrington, they're going to go to Wigan. So that is a major brick that's missing for me. Yeah. So it's something we need to get back because it's all right having the foundation now, but what kids are ready at 16 to go and play the first team? They're not, they? Mm. They, they still need that development. So it's brilliant that we've got the foundation, but I still think we need to get that back. And I know, I know you said that it might take a few years, but obviously the main important thing is that we, we help the foundation now as best as we can. And I know the people who were there tonight were talking about having this friends of the foundation where hopefully people can, can join and be a member and, and help out. And I'm sure there's a lot of supporters that would love to do that. And I know I'm one of them, and I'm sure you will be as well, but we'll support it the best we can. And we'll support it the best we can on the podcast as well, won't we? But uh, well, yeah, I think um, there's a lot to be discussed on that. Well, that's just my point of view and my opinion on it. I think we need to go the, go the whole way with it, really. Yeah, I say, but I can't remember how much we, you, you said we cost us to run an academy. Is it like... 300k was it? I don't know. Might be just taking that up, like. But yeah. I suppose it's one of them where if, it's if an you're 300k, though, Rob. I don't it's know. An just important a... 300k. I mean, sometimes you. I mean, how many players? I wouldn't like to say. I don't. I mean, I don't know how much a super league player costs or a top super league player costs. And, you know, I'm not too sure. I'm not going to go on the maths on that. But it's, that is an important. If it is 300,000 pounds, it's an important 300,000 pounds, and it? it's it's something. I'd say it's an essential one that you need to pay, really. But that's just my opinion. Obviously, now I want to. As his, as his own opinions, don't he? And, you know, I happen to think I'm right. He probably thinks he's right, but mm. it, it, it's an important, it's an important contract missing. I think and I don't know. There's rumours in there about joint academies maybe next season. That was something we spoke about tonight. I don't know whether that's that's something because that's something that cropped up tonight. And people sort of said, "Oh, everybody laughed at the whole last season when they had that joint academy whole last season." Okay, but I think maybe that's the way things are gonna go. You know hearing things on the great band, I don't know whether we're going to have one with another club, but I think even that would be better than that, I don't want to talk about. Yeah, I thought it's just a number I pulled out of the sky there, Paul, I haven't got any facts or figures, but if, if obviously you're purchasing, you know, like these kits, um, I think under the age of 24, you go to like a tribunal, don't you? Things like that. So, you know, you have to kind of like, you go to the tribunal, they decide how much this guy's worth. Uh, and obviously, if you've got to buy sort of three or four of them, you might get, you might, have to, might be spending 200 k you know, all in, yeah. might you? So it's it might be worth when you weigh it up. You know, you know, producing the odd one through an academy uh, and at three hundred k every month, well, every year, let's just say it is. But I don't. I just think, like you say, you need a pathway for me, and 
Hopefully, I mean, we'll get that back soon later. But it's, you know, it's a great thing they're doing at the uh, the Rising Stars at the Salford Devil yeah, Foundation, yeah, and you know, great work, uh, it's just a matter of work as well. Oh yeah, well I say that that they're at the they're at the, the, the coal face, aren't they? You know, these kids at the bottom, that you know, at, you know, the very beginning of their careers, it's a massive, you know, responsibility really getting them in the going the right track. Well, yeah, and it's it's not just them playing rugby as well; they're getting the education as well, aren't they? Because the lads are coming doing the B and the qualifications they do alongside it as well. And this rising stars, they're doing you know their sort of uh, educational work as well. It's going to help them in in, in life, isn't it? So um, I think it's brilliant. I think it's, it's absolutely brilliant the work the foundation are doing. It. You know, hats off to we we talk about them loads on here, don't we? And, uh, it was great to be there tonight and listen to what people had to say and. You know, I'm looking forward to going to the next meeting and uh, hopefully get a few more people down there. Like I said, we've exchanged email addresses with them, so we we spoke to them tonight. Anything they want mentioned on here, we can mention for them and uh, you know, and, uh, and give them the the the, out, the outlook that they deserve. Yeah. Next uh, one is uh, players uh, player of the year presentation. The clubs uh, announced it. They're going to be holding it after the Saints game uh, upstairs, charging five pound a person. I know it's going to be late one, Paul, obviously being Sky, um, but I suppose the club had their hands tied when the fixture was changed. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it, really, having it on a Thursday. It's um, not a lot they can do, really, is it, I suppose? And you can't have it, the season finishes Thursday night, doesn't it, so you can't have it at the weekend because it's, well, it's done and dusted, really. Perhaps it would have been ideal to have it this weekend just gone. I'm not sure who was away at Leeds, weren't we? So uh, it's, been, it's been difficult, that. So uh, it's a shame. I, I think Sky are a bit out of order, to be honest. I think you know Saturday would have been an ideal afternoon there, and they could have had it after the game in the club there. It'd be brilliant, but uh, not to be. It's Thursday night. We'll just have to hope they don't keep going to that video referee because you know as well as I do. I mean, we've been late on from some games this season, haven't we? you know, especially the, the Sky game. By the time they finished, I mean, it's, <laughs> it gets late, doesn't it? But especially if, you, if you've got little kids with you and that as well, and you've got school on Friday, I suppose as well. Haven't you? But, uh, but yeah, let's just hope people. You stay behind and, uh, and see the heroes at the end of the game. Yeah, I think obviously being the end of the season, such a great season as well. People want to be want to be in that uh, you know presentation to show the players appreciation of what they put in this season. But I say half ten, it's long. Yeah, you know, it's in the earliest, depending on you know whether you know we get video. It, it could be even later, but it's one of them. I suppose you you can't really blame the club. They've got to do it you know sooner or later. Could have been done maybe the day before, but we don't know. The end of the day. It is difficult, isn't it? I mean, you say you could have it before the game, but if you have it before the game, what time are you going to have it then? Because yeah. it's like, well, it's kick off 8 o'clock, isn't it? So you'd have to have it sort of tea time. But people working, it's hard to get there. It is, it, it, it's made difficult, isn't it, when it's a Thursday night, Friday night game. And I'm not the biggest, I don't mind going any night, but I'm not the biggest fan of Thursday night, Friday night, to be honest. I'd rather go on in, in an afternoon. you just got that bit more time to, to get there, haven't you? Always, I am always since been a rush after work and things like that, but um, but yeah, I just hope that people can enjoy it. And just let's hope there's not, I suppose let's hope there's not loads of video referee decisions on Thursday night. It's a nice quick game. We get done, done early. Yeah, someone if don't try and do anything, say like bit the ball out or shepherd yeah. someone through at about quarter to ten. Just let him go. I'll tell you what, they'll have to do. We'll have to say it at half time. You know, you're not going in the sheds at half time. Having loads of adverts on Sky, we'll just sort of have a drink of water, turn around, and we'll carry on. <laughs> Yeah, because we've, pres- yeah. we've got a presentation to go to. That sounds like a plan. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> just obviously try and get up there. You know, let's see for all the you know, efforts this season. Uh, next bit of news, 60, um, the hospitality against St. Helens. That's uh, going 
really well, Paul, by all accounts. Uh, £60 a person. Uh, it's uh, hopefully going to be a, a big night for the people who can do that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, and I hope it is a really good night. I mean, it was disappointing on Friday night and Leeds, one of those we probably spoke to speak about shortly. We just want to make sure we finish the season with a bang now, really, because we don't want to fill it away, do we? After what has been a good a good season, I mean, people argue with me and say, no, it's not Paul, it's, it's been rubbish for the last uh, last few months. And yeah, we've had, a, we've had a tricky few months, haven't we? But if you look at the season on whole, we've improved on last season. Um, we've had some good wins away from home, haven't we? And, uh, you know, uh, I just think it'd be great, you know, if people can turn up on, on Thursday night. I, I know it's a Thursday night, I know that. I know it's a hard, hard night to get there and work and things like that. But I just wish for once people could come out and just save everybody having a... Everyone and his dog seems to have a go us about our attendances, don't they? And it'd just be great to see a big crowd there on, on Thursday night and to, to turn St. Helens over. Because when you think about it, there's an awful lot on this game. St. Helens, the way that, that Sky have worked it now, St. Helens... They're the only team playing that night, so their destiny's in their own hands at the moment for this this top four. Isn't it? If they win, if we if they lose to us on Thursday night, they're out of it, aren't they? Don't make top four, so we could uh, spoil their party on Thursday night, which would be nice. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news we've got is a twenty percent off uh, home and away uh, shirts, Paul. Obviously, the club doing the best to uh, get the shirts out before the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. It's been a good shirt this season. The, the red shirt, the black away shirt. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were trying to work it out before, but before we started the show, I was telling which is 20% off now, which is about £40. Yeah. But we couldn't work it out about, before we opened it. About 8 quid, something like that, I don't know. I don't know. Let's not embarrass ourselves. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, I need my hands <laughs> and my feet to figure this out. It has been a good shirt, though. It was received well, the shirt, wasn't it? Everybody sort of said it was a nice kit, and I think everybody was impressed with that away shirt one as well. And, uh, yeah, um, I think we'll probably have a new shirt next season, won't we? But, You've still got the rest of the winter to wear, haven't you? Yeah, this is true. So get yourself down if you haven't already got, got it um, and buy uh, the rest of the stock. Uh, next bit of news. Roadworks on the uh, approach to the stadium, Paul. I know it's a bit of a pain, uh, but obviously getting access and to the stadium and exiting the stadium can be a problem if you've got cones everywhere. Yeah, it can. I went to the meeting tonight. It started at 8 o'clock, so I left my gap about quarter past seven. On the mosque, so I just jumped on the motorway, and it wasn't bad on the motorway, it was alright. But when I came off onto the A57, there's that many cones there now, and it's dark as well. And I did some new boots from my as well. And this has been telling it again for ages because when it rains, I can't really see it. Now. <laughs> but, uh, I couldn't see for all the cones, you know, where to turn it. Uh, but no, let's be positive, it's not that bad. So uh, I don't want to put people off coming on Thursday, but uh, but yeah, I think it's a bit tricky if you live in like sort of caddy's head. I think there's a bit of a diversion of the way you can't turn left when you're the stadium. But, uh, so it might be a bit, a bit tricky there, but it's not too bad. It's going to be better in it soon. Hopefully the road's going to be ready soon. It looks like it's, it's sort of coming into shape now, and you can see where they're doing it now. And it's, uh, you know, maybe next season, it's, I think it's going to be ready soon, Robin. It? Yeah, so basically the message, Paul, is Chairman Bob and all his boys and girls from caddy's head Look at the website before you set off, see what the situation is regarding. Everybody else should be sorted. Yeah. Right out of the stadium. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's, the, that's basically the message. Um, next bit of news is for the lane. Uh, Division 1 champions uh, this week, Paul. Great result uh, for, our, well, for our amateur club. Um, great stuff, great news. Brilliant news. That really cheered me up on Saturday after, after, after Friday night's uh, loss. Reading about for the lane there. That, Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I've mentioned him in the amateur report. I'll tell you all about the score in that uh, later on in the show. But yeah, congratulations to everybody involved at Folly Lane and 
Division 1 champions, North West Bensley. It's a tough league. That has some big signs in there, you know. We can say Pat's A, I think, are in there. And some, some names in that league. And they've done really well. They've been consistent all season. And I've noticed that when I've been reading the scores out and, and reading about them, reading about how they've been getting on. And, you know, congratulations. And I think they'll be in the, the Premier, Premier North West Premier next season. So, uh, well, good luck to them next season. And congratulations to everybody following. Yeah, so that's uh, great news. Congratulations from everyone on the podcast. Uh, and then I know Paul it could be uh, the start of something new they could go on a bit of a you know domination run yeah definitely it'd be great to get somebody on from Follow to speak to him maybe on next week's show wouldn't it Rob if there's anybody who'd like to come on who listens to the show from Follow to have a chat with us uh, it'd be great to speak to him and yeah it's it's a good result that I mean especially looking at the way Salford City Roosters have struggled this season and I've reported on them every week and it's been uh, they've had a really tough season I think there's been a lot of games where they've, they've only had sort of 14, 15 players they've done it really tough and um, to see Folly Lane doing well it's just uh, it's just even the balance up a bit really I'd like to wish Salford City Roosters all the best for next season I hope they can regroup in the uh, in the winter and come back firing next season yeah so final bit of news Paul our Devil in the DL night out end of season drinks um, 6th of October Town Looking forward to it It's going to be great Yeah town We we, we Manchester we Manchester town, town Yeah 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 It's going to be like Our Mad Monday I suppose Well a bit more Civilised than that I suppose <laughs> yeah. yeah looking forward to it Maybe nice mm-hmm. drink that We don't really Me and you don't really Get to socialise much Do we no. uh, After the game It's all sort of hectic isn't it A lot of the time Doing the interviews And what have you And basically We're all trying to get All the players And that So it'd be nice To have a chat And if anybody wants To call down here And listen to the show And have a laugh with us And Talk all things Salford, and that'd be nice to, to meet some of the listeners, wouldn't it, mate? Yeah, so we'll get an organised time and where we're going to meet, and yeah, come along if you want to. Get the kick right out of your radio. This is Radio Contact. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Red Devils travelled to Leeds Rhinos and went down to defeat 44 points to 2, Paul. Bit of an hammering, really. Yeah, it was a bit of an hammering, Robbie. That one, I remember saying to you on the way up there, um, I was, wasn't that confident, but I thought we were going to do alright on Friday. I really did it. I know with Leeds being there, uh, I, know, I know we didn't really. It was going to be always going to be difficult for this field and a uh, few injuries. We lost Chris Wellard and we uh, late on in the week with really, very shuffle for you, but uh, yeah, it was it was a funny game, wasn't it? You know, got through a good start, kicked a penalty goal, and Leeds just seemed to click into gear. Then didn't they? they seem to make a lot of yards at dummy half. I mean, I, I know the, the hookers had a few bits to stop, but all required. And, and I don't know really. It was one of those nights where everything seemed to came up, the crossbar, and then scored from that. But Mikey, in what's an interview you make your own to the team sheet, and they were good enough to, to do better than what they did. Yeah, it was, it was a tough night. You know, playing in these, um, you know, Super 8 um, games, Paul, you need to be able to, you know, deal with the pressure. And I think it's a learning curve. I know we talk about the learning curve and people get quite annoyed about it. But, you know, playing at Leeds in this situation, Leeds are a top side, aren't they? They're used to playing in, in these conditions. And for me, they just did enough. They, they had enough in the tank. They probably didn't get out of sort of second, third no. gear. Um, but you know that's fair, fair play and they know what they need to do to win games like this and, and that's what they did I thought they'd be as easy really Rob yeah like you said the game was over at half time wasn't it I mean when Tom Briscoe scored in the corner there I thought that was poor from Junior so I thought you should have had him in the stand there we got caught there didn't we at the time and 
for me it was, it was game over. It was only going to go one way. I mean, I know I still had the video after we scored next. And then I thought we had a lot of ball on the lead line, didn't we, in that first half? I think there was about eight sets of six there. And we just couldn't penetrate the line, could we? You know, credit to Leeds as well. I, thought, I didn't think we tested him enough for me. And, you know, I don't know whether we... I came away from the game thinking, oh, perhaps he was a bit harder at the end of the match, you know, after we spoke to him. I'm not too sure. I think it was six or one and a half a dozen. The other, I mean, speaking to Ian after the game, he, he sort of told us, didn't he, the players were busted. There were certain players who were tired and the squad was tired. And we haven't got the biggest squad in the world, have we, as you know. And I think there's players in, in the side this season who, who've probably played more games than they were expected to do some of the young lads, haven't they? I mean, which is good experience for him and it'll hold him in good stead for next season. But you could sort of tell that on, on Friday night. Leeds have sort of got a fully fit side now, really, haven't they? Their experience of sort of being in that, that end of the table. It was the energy for me as well. Leeds seemed to have more energy than we looked at when I beat them in the second half, didn't we? You know, uh, and, and Leeds took advantage and, and made us pay for it, but disappointing because we always seem to see the bad performance from Leeds away, don't we? I mean, we've said it loads of times, don't we? Our record there is absolutely terrible. It's just disappointing it, every time you come out of that ground, you, you head down. And, and yeah, it, it wasn't a shame we couldn't get over the try line and. and for the supporters that had travelled there but uh, wasn't to be yeah I thought we had opportunities probably like you said we had three or four sets on the line we had a disallowed try didn't we in a corner which could yeah, have turned yeah that was a good try as well we worked it from one side to the other didn't we you yeah. going over I think so he goes over there changes the kind of the complex of the game a bit but it is what it is Leeds Rhinos are a good side and you know we'll, we'll you know we'll move on from this and hopefully we'll, we'll kick on against St. Helens uh, on Thursday so we, we spoke to him watching after the game uh, at Leeds and this is what you have to say Coach's Corner <laughs> yeah yeah right thanks for joining me in tough night at the office against Leeds yeah they, were Leeds good or was it a mixture oh, of both keeping poor as well or? no I, th- I think they were good to be honest with you I thought we started the game really well um, we were controlling kind of the speed of the rook but twice twice they got the speed of the rook quick in the first half and twice they scored on the back end and that's all we'd spoke about all week is trying to control that speed of the rook um, second half they come out again we were probing at the line and I just felt like we could have put some points on there we might have kind of got a bit of impetus in the game but again speed of the rook kind of killed us on the back end they come down the other end and scored and then Parcel and I thought Rob Burrow Rob Burrow was outstanding just quick around the rook and getting forward and then like Leeds do they start throwing the ball out offloads and it's bouncing off crossbars and bouncing in their hands and scoring tries and kind of they create their own look on the back of that. Some supporters may say, like, question the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not so much attitude, but have we put desire. the cue on the right and desire that sort of thing? But yeah, I think if you look at it, like, from my point of view, they look busted tonight, didn't we? And yeah, we've, we've got quite a few injury That's affecting, to be honest. isn't it? Yeah, it is as well. And, yeah, you, you want to be better and you want to compete. They, they've definitely not shut up shot. We're, we're a group who we always talk about, we, we don't quit and we always have a dig in. You can see that every coach who comes to play us is always talking about how we're all in, yeah. we're in games um, every time. I think Brian Matt this week was talking on um, the radio um, two days before and he was saying they're always in games they always get into the game and they have a little bit of an arm wrestle at the moment being a realist about it we're not good enough at the moment to kind of stay in them situations and whether that's something that's personnel or 
um, other factors that's that's for us to look at. The one big factor today was we weren't good enough around the rook and they were too fast for us. It was a funny sort of first half because the first half an hour it was very tight yeah. and we seemed to have, I think it was about eight sets of six on the Leeds line, couldn't break them down. They got sort of three quick tries before half time that sort of blew us away that really, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, we'd done a fair bit of defending in that middle <clears throat> spell and I think we went a little bit um, brain dead to be fair when we were attacking and we were playing the wrong plays and then we got the right plays on and then we just kind of spilt the opportunity we made a knock on or um, we, we just spoiled the opportunity really we didn't finish it off and that's something at this level playing at, playing at this level now and playing at the level that Leeds are playing at here you can't bomb an opportunity you've got to take an opportunity if you look about the games that they've played in the years gone by at this kind of level you, you've beat Leeds with kicking games and things like that as well and being smart and taking your opportunities and we, we didn't do that to be fair Were there times in that game where you was panicking because I know Manu Vatavai sort of went off Junior Sal picked yeah. up a knock and I think I'm sure Jordan Wall was playing on the winger at yeah. one point in that game <laughs> so you had to do a bit of shuffling and you lost Chris Wellham yeah. to an injury didn't you late on in the week yeah, as well Chris Wellham broke his toe um, in the week he, he trained on captain's run day to try and to get it right to give it a go to be fair and then like I say Adam Wall stood on it um, Did you get in trouble for that Adam Wall? Yeah, well if he <laughs> down with it we had to put everyone out in cotton wool after that because we didn't have any outside backs um, to come to the game with as well and then obviously Junior went down early with his ribs and to be fair to credit to Junior he's, he's stuck in and cracked on for us there um, when he could have quite easily come off really but he's padded up um, so Manu yeah his, with his knock we was a little bit worried there because yeah we ended up having to put Junior on the wing Jordan Wall in the centre we've got props and back rowers playing in the centre at the moment and, but that's that's rugby um, you, you've got to adapt to that sometimes and kind of deal with it and move forward and um, the, the boys are up for that um, they're not moaning about it and complaining about it they know it's tough and they know that sometimes when you come to a place like Leeds you've got to do it tough um, and they're willing to do that it's just not been going for us at the moment to be fair we had a great performance last week which was more us um, but at this level um, we weren't good enough How's the Todd Carney situation I know a lot of supporters are interested in that and someone asked you in the press conference so I'll just ask you for our listeners to yeah, no, clear Todd, it out. Todd will be leaving us um, at the end of this year um, he's, been, he's been great for us while he's been here I know everyone um, he came across saying he had a lot of baggage with him and stuff like that um, and that he was a bit of a problem but Todd's been Todd's been really good I, I can't speak highly enough of him in that um, kind of respect for him because he's been helping Gaz O'Brien he's been talking to Gaz O'Brien talking to Rob Louie while he's been playing half back these last couple of weeks everything before that he's done everything that we've asked of him we asked him to come here and kind of compete to be a first choice half back and he did that as well put pressure on Dobbo and Rob Louie and probably their performances as well we're down to a little bit of that as well so to be fair he's done a good job for us it's just we've decided we're probably going to go a different way with a half um, next year um, so Todd's going to look to probably try and get back into the NRL um, at first opportunity and then whatever it, wherever it takes him from there that's up to him but we wish him well on that You're going to have a busy couple of months aren't you close season recruiting I mean yeah. where, where do you think we need to strengthen where are you going to be looking at? Oh, there's a couple of areas to be fair Middles is, going to, is yeah. a big one Well obviously we've lost if you look at our starting middles, um, yeah. our original the starting middles, side is, is, is compete with anybody in yeah, this league, can't it? We've already added Tyrone and Manu to that as well. So as a group going forward, we're real confident. If you look at the games Ryan Lannan's played, he's going to be genuine. Um, first team and next year, Jake Bibby will be pushing up into there. So you've got players getting better level of experience and being better for what they're facing this year, which will make us better as a club. The one thing we are is we're short of numbers in certain areas. Um, Another big nasty middle never goes amiss anywhere as well. Obviously, the spine of your team you want to have yeah. a little look at as well. Um, there's, there's all different areas that you can look at, but it's making sure that we bring the right guys in. Um, the priority um, for us, if you look at Wakefield last year, and I know we spoke about this before, is yeah. the 
they won two out of their last 15 games and they recruited really smartly on the back end of last year and then again they've done what they've done now they seem to have a bit more strength in depth this time yeah, don't they they've got, they've got a bigger squad to be fair but they've got um, genuine kind of quality that compete yeah. um, the, the tough thing for us is you've got a, we're a kind of a recruitment club we're not a development club um, so we have to work within our means really and make sure that we get the right guys in um, and decide whether it's worth having a young kid around who maybe not play for yeah. um, two or three years or whether we, we, we put that money into a player who could genuinely step up and be a bit of a backup and give competition to the first team as well. Do you see Naya Levels as your number one fullback now? Because I know you've put confidence in the last oh, few I, weeks and I thought he was probably our best player tonight. Yeah, he's been, he's been great, Niall. He's been really good. It gives you a different dimension. Than he seems to have to took, took it to yeah. his own since he's come back to that role. Yeah, he has, to be fair. Um, we had a little blip in the middle of the season where obviously now wasn't playing fullback and he wanted to mm. kind of leave on the back end of that and be a fullback and then he got his opportunity when Gaz went down. Thought he was outstanding in that spell. Um, Gaz has always been the number one fullback with the kind of quality he brings. He yeah. brings a different dimension to any fullback in this league. Um, but he, he's having a good crack at half. I, I know he was a good half at Warrington and he controlled teams well there. And it, it, it might be that you have um, a Gaz O'Brien, a Rob Louie, and a Nile Valdu who are kind of leading the club forward, really, on the back of a real good go forward pack. But that's something for us to look at over these next few weeks, and it's something that we have had a look at. And, um, discussed as well After a long hard season It finishes with St Helens Next Thursday Obviously you'd like To win that game Wouldn't you Especially being at home Just to finish the season off Yeah We want a big, we want a big performance We want to make sure That our last game Of the season's A reflection of what We've done all year To be fair um, And finish that, finish that Well at home As well And hopefully in front Of a, like a good crowd Because if you look at it as, a, as an overall season, it's been an outstanding season. Yeah, we've had a blip at the back end. It's been a major improvement, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's been a real step forward um, for us as a club, really, and as a group. The, the key is backing this up now. Do you well. feel you've learnt a lot as a coach this season? 100%, 100%, massively. Um, a lot more in this Super 8s, to be honest, when we've been losing, to be fair, about, about myself, about characters in the, the, in the dressing rooms, about the team... And just about the game. I suppose there's a lot of things you learn and pick up that we don't see, you know, sort of off the field stuff, isn't there, as well? Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to dive into, but you do, don't you? You can't divulge everything that goes on in the changing room and stuff like that. That's kind of got to be it. But it's all experience for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's um, it's the the, the group are good with it as well, to be fair. I know when you lose, it's easy for people to say, oh, there's a problem here, there's a problem there. There's not. There's a genuine within the group that they want to be successful. And yeah, we're doing it tough at the moment, but this will be better for us going forward as as a group. Group and hopefully as a club it'll make us stronger and give us that be that team which we want to be and um, all the boys in there want to be a top four team as well so it's not that they've put the queue on the rack which is what I've heard a few times or they, they've give up um, it's just at the moment we're just not good enough at this level um, and it's for us to kind of change that and make sure that we are better and we are good enough at this level in the future well thanks very much for speaking to me tonight Ian you better go because you're going to miss the bus I think alright cheers, cheers Ian yeah, see you next cheers, week mate thanks a lot That was Ian Watson after the game talking about the Leeds defeat. And, you know, it made good sense, didn't he, about the Leeds round the rook. They did destroy us, didn't they? Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, he's very honest, Ian. He is every week, isn't he, Robin? It was, it was a good chat. I thought he summed the game up quite well and he told us um, where we'd gone wrong. And I'm a bit sorry for him again, Ian. Um, yeah, I'm calling you Ian now. <laughs> sorry for him, Rob. You know, he, he's, he's chose those players. And like I said before, we've got a thin squad, haven't we? He's not really got any options to, to bring other people in or, or drop players he's got that, that sign hasn't he and he's, he's jiggled it around slightly 
Yeah, I thought, I thought we let him let him down. But if you listen to what Brian McDermott said, you know, he said they played well, Leeds, and, and they did. They, they performed well, didn't they? On the match, probably the best they've played for a while. So, yeah, he's disappointing. He's a disappointing result. And, you know, at the end of the game, I, I was upset, and I think supporters are, aren't they, at the end of the match? And if you sort of look at something sort of half an hour later, your views are different. Um, I think I, when I did that video with you at the end of the game, I was fuming, really. Perhaps we was a bit too negative, I, I don't really know, perhaps we were a bit harsh in what we said. Sometimes it's, I don't like to be critical, um, I try and be positive, you know, because I don't think there's any any, any need in booing players, I've never booing players before, I won't do that, I don't think it's good, so obviously some supporters will, that's just, just that's up to them, they want to do, but I don't think that helps sometimes, does it, you've got to, I don't think any player goes out to, to lose a game, do they, or, or perform well, and Ian said that to us, you know, the players want to win, and it, sometimes it doesn't work, does it? It doesn't happen. And one thing or another, it didn't happen for us on Friday night, did it? It was a poor display. People had poor matches. Let's not beat about the bush. People didn't play well. I'm not sticking up. I'm saying they played well and got, got beat. They, they didn't. It was a poor display. And, and Leeds played well. And it deserved the win. They put us to the sort of didn't they, really? Yeah, like you said before, though, Paul, we were, we were, we were shot, weren't we? You know, players playing out of position. Um, you know, Leeds, Leeds, Rhinos, the, the top of the top of the league, well, Towards the top for, for you know for the reason you play good rugby league and you're able to win more than lose and you know we were we had a deal with them basically in, in the Super I think, and that's yeah like, I think we've got a lot of tired players now Rob. I think you know the season's sort of catching up with it catching up with our squad in it um, you know some sports might say I'm talking rubbish but we are, like I keep saying we haven't got a very big squad I'm not making excuses for them because I've been disappointed with this, this run we've been on I've said that to you I've been, I've, you know it's, it's been a tough run and, but I think it has took its toll on us a bit. And you can sometimes you can tell a player's body language, can't you? And they, they look shot, and they look like they've got nothing left. And you've got lads like Chris Bryan in there. And Chris has stepped up from from two leagues there, and and Ian said to us, didn't he? That you know he's he's shattered now, Chris. You know he's hard to recover, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's a lot for a young lad like that to take in. Obviously, he's going to be better for this next season. I think Ian's right when he says that, you know, there's, there's certain players there, some of the young men, like Ryan Lannan, he's played a lot of games this season, hasn't he, Ryan? And, and Ian said he's going to be, you know, genuine first-team contender next season, whereas this season he's been on the fringe, really, hasn't he? But he's played that many games. Jake Bibby's another one. Jake Bibby's come on so much this season. I think he has. He's, he's going to be uh, right there for first choice next season, as is Daniel Murray. He's, he's had probably more games than, than he would have played, so... Uh, I think there's a lot to be positive about with, with the youngsters. There's a few young lads out there on, on Friday night, and obviously it's a tough, tough defeat for them there. But uh, one lad who played well for me on Friday night, I was about now tremendous on Friday night, and I said that to Ian in the interview. He's, he's made that fullback spot his own, I think now. Um, the way he's played the last few weeks, and no kind of Brian might see himself as a, as a halfback now, depending on what Ian plans are for next season. But if one positive we can take out of the last few weeks, it's Nile because he was superb on the eyeball, superb in defence, and. Uh, he was dangerous going forward. I thought it was a threat on Friday. Yeah. Uh, other things that uh, Ian wants to talk about, he said uh, about Todd Carney uh, leaving the club. You know, we only had good things to say about him. We had to ask him that, didn't we, after the press conference, because uh, I think it was Gary Carter who asked him in the press conference, and I was quite shocked. I wasn't expecting anyone to ask uh, that question, to be honest. Um, I didn't know whether were, the club was going to announce it or, or when they were going to announce it, and when they did, Ian, Ian told them so. Thought we'd better just just confirm it for, for people and but yeah, he said he, he didn't he, he wasn't going to stay and he, he's going back and you know at least we know now, don't we? There's been a lot 
people saying this that, and the other thing is he going to stay is he going to go and I think he's out in the open now that he's going to go but he only had good things to say about him he said he's been great and he, I think it has helped Robert Louis and Michael Dobson in that early part of the season I think it really gave them he put the pressure on them didn't it and brought the best out in those two players knowing that, that Todd Carney was behind them and um, from what he had said he's, he's been good he's not been in trouble he's, he's helped players and he's, he's helped out there so I mean it's, um, it's why I don't think it's not worked out for him and he'll move on and go to another club I would have thought yeah I think it's a, a key success of our season having the likes of Todd Carney Rob Louie and Michael Dobson three kind of senior halfbacks vying for them two positions and you know both pushing all three pushing each other has only benefited you know the, the club and, and the team and obviously with Dobson and Carney on the way it's a big big decision now for Ian Watson does he employ, does he get someone in just to you know have two halfbacks rather than three or does he get another get two more and, and go as we were this season I think it's a you know big conundrum for him uh, you know for our season next season because we need because I think obviously the competition was a good thing and you need to kind of re- recreate that but is there the players out there to be able to do that? Because obviously Todd Carney, uh, we got picked him up at the end of the season, didn't it? Didn't we? I mean, you know, we didn't have a club at the time, and it was a kind of a risk um, and a gamble. But is there anyone else there out there being able to recreate that? That's the question, Paul. I think we definitely need somebody, Bob. I don't think you could go into next season with just Robert Louis and Gareth O'Brien, because uh, as you know, it's a long season. Players get injured. Uh, Robert's been quiet. He's had a few niggles, hasn't he, with his knees and. I don't think he's got the best knees in the world, has he, Robert? So, um, you know, if he, he gets a bit of a knock, he, he might miss a game or two. So you, you need you need strength and depth, don't we? That's one thing we've worked on this season. Wakefield, they, they strengthened after last season, didn't they? I think their squad's a lot stronger this time. We've got people who can bring in if they get injured. I've noticed that one. I've seen it on the telly. Um, so, yeah, I would have thought we'd bring at least one back in. I'm not so sure who that's going to be. Um, there's been talk of people in Australia and there's people over here so we'll have to just watch this space on that one I know Ian's um, he said to me the other week he was talking to people and, and agents and things like that I mean he has to do a lot of that now because Tim Sheen's did a lot of that sort of player recruitment when he was at the club now Tim's got I know Ian's got to do all that now so his phone will be read up the next few weeks you know trying to get older people and I don't know the, the supporters and, and the listeners will probably have their own opinions of who, who they think we should bring in I suppose it all depends who's available doesn't it really and uh, Who's off contracts and the, you know who the club are looking at? I'm sure they've got a shortlist. I've heard people mention certain players' names, and I'm sure there is a shortlist, and, and we'll be looking. But I think they'll definitely want Robert. Definitely want. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we'll learn from it. Ian Watson, no, uh, you know, because he spoke about that. He spoke about the experience of being in the, the top eight, and you know, he, he took a lot from it, and his players have as well, and that's probably going to benefit him and the club next season. It's, it's a big season next year. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, when we had that good season in, in 1997, we finished sixth. And we had a very, really solid season there, first season in Super League. The season after, um, I remember an interview with um, John Wilkinson. And he was sort of saying, Where do you think we'll finish next season? And he said, Oh, Andy Gregory's going to, he's predicted us to finish about third. We're going to aim for third. And we signed a few players and we finished second bottom. We had a really struggle season and we finished second bottom. Then sixth, we finished fifth. A really good season, made some good solid signings, brought some players in, Carl Keaton, Luke Dorn, people like that. We had a really good sign on paper, you know, Mark Edmondson came in, we finished bottom, got relegated, didn't we? So you've got to be careful, haven't you, that, that second season? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's important that we build on it now, isn't it? And, and bring the right personnel in, we've got to bring some people in, I think definitely. You know, we're, we're light on, on the squad and we don't want to 
this is one season you don't want to finish in the bottom four for me it's next season mm. next season that, that middle ace is going to be tough because you've got Toronto who've just got promoted to the championship I think they're going to be pretty decent in that championship there. I would have thought they'd be in the top four you've got Toulouse in there as well who I would have thought they'd be up there again um, so say you've got to play Toulouse in Toronto plus your, your Super League four teams are in the bottom of there as well maybe Catalan you could be facing three away trips to Catalan, Toronto and <laughs> and that, that middle eight. So I think and next season as well, there's talk about the structure and things like that. So if there's any season where you don't want to finish near the bottom, it's next season and you want to have a really solid season, get yourself in that top eight. Then. But yeah, this season, Paul, a bit of muscle memory. We remember how to you know win games, which we you know usually lose, let's say, apart from this season. We'll be back in the top eight. Again, this team has got there. From its own merit, even though we had a few weeks drop off at the end of the season, we were flying high, second in the league, when, and all things were good. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll be able to recreate that next season, especially with the, you know, the memories of this season. Well, definitely, if you look at the league table now, St. Helens are fourth with one game, there's one game to go, St. Helens are fourth on 31 points, we've got 28. If we beat St. Helens on Thursday night, we'll have only finished a point behind St. Helens. <laughs> so, when you think about it, I don't know, the fourth place side is probably going to get 33 points if we can play Wakefield, so 32-33 points. We could beat Saints and finish on 30, so you'll have finished maybe three points off the top four spot, which, when you think about last season, we did the million pound game, yeah. whereas this season we could potentially finish two wins off the top four, yeah. which to me is massive progress, isn't it? I mean, all right, Castleford have got 50 points, I mean, they've had a tremendous season, I think they're about 20 points in front of them. 22 points in front of them, so they're, they're heavy shoulders with everybody out there at the moment, probably. But, uh, you know, that leads to a certain extent, they're sort of 10 points behind them. But the rest of them, Hull, Wigan, Saints, Wakefield, and we're just behind now. So we, we, we've kept up with them sides this season, and that's that's a massive achievement. That but when you think about last season, I mean, all right, if we had them six points to do to we would have finished in the top eight, but who knows what we'd have done in the top eight. I mean, that's that, that, we'll never know, will we? But, to come from where we came last season, if you if you look back at the middle eights last season, we struggled in that middle eights, and we lost to all to OKR, we lost to all to London, um, who else did we lose to? We lost to uh, Leeds, didn't we? Yeah. Um, we lost against Leeds. We, we had a struggle, didn't we? We, yeah. we struggled to make that million pound game in the end, didn't we? Really? So, uh, so to to come back from there and you know and start the season as positive as we did this time, and you know get into May to that. Um, magic weekend we was, we was absolutely flying them up we our right tailed off a bit but it's a big step from where we were last season and, and a step in the right direction I think I don't think we'd be where we are now with that, mil- that million pound game just mentally I think that gives a lot of momentum yeah, yeah. I, do. I do because it, it's like I've said to you before at the start of the season uh, most of that side that played in the million pound game was still at the club Mm. There's only one or two. I think I caught with the stat before. I think it's 14 out of 17 or something like that. So there wasn't massive wholesale changes at the end of the season, was there? It was more or less the same group of players by one or two that started this season, wasn't it? Um, and it just shows you that you know if you've got the right attitude there and you, you get that self belief, you can do it. You can you can you can do it, can't you? Yeah, I suppose it's the roller coaster ride, isn't it, of, of being in the million pound game and you know getting through that that stage and then starting off the season brilliantly playing good rugby you know being in the top one you know, top is it top two top three top four most of the season and then you get to the Challenge Cup semi-final and obviously at that point you get beat in the semi-final and obviously people dropped off didn't they in a way emotionally 
you know? Yeah, you, you think back to October, start of October, 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 October last, last year, we that million pound game. You think about how you felt on the way over that game yeah. and the buzz that that created. I mean, I've never felt that watching a Salford match before. I've come close to it a few times. I've seen some good wins, watched Salford over the years. It's bad ones, but I've seen some good days. You know, the Wigan Cup game, days out at Old Trafford and things like that. But that, that game, I've never experienced that before. Um, the feeling I felt coming home. and the, Even though we'd not won anything, it was just the, the manner. And what happened on the day, I watched it the other day actually, um, the second half, my dad still got it on his Sky Plot, so I watched the second half the other day. And it, it is an amazing thing that happens, and it's hard to explain how you, how you actually feel. It's like an out-of-body experience when you watch the game again, isn't it? You, mm. I sat there watching it, and as the clock counted down, I thought, we're not going to win this. But we do win it always, <laughs> yeah. it really does happen. And the buzz that that created, I think... He probably sold a few season tickets, didn't it, last year? And yeah. he made us start the season on a high. Um, and I'm hoping that we're going to beat St. Helens on Thursday. We can go into next season and start next season on a high. We don't, what we don't want to do is, is get hammered again. And people are going to... What my worry is people will remember this season for that bad run that we had. Um, the eight games on the spin. And he shouldn't be remembered for that, Robert. He should remember for the good start we had. The good solid finish we, we've had. We've got to finish seventh, I think, now, aren't we? And, and obviously, sort of coming close to getting to Wembley, really. I mean, we got to a semi final, we're winning at half time. Alright, we can run away with it in the end, but uh, no, he's in with a shout, won't we? So, uh, so I'd like the season to be over for that. When, when the dust settles, Paul, when you look back at the season, black and white is we finished in the top four in the regular season and we got to a chance for the semi final. Probably the best season we've had in about, probably since the 70s. All in. So you've got, you know, even though we've had a bit of a bad run at the end of the season and everyone's kind of like got upset about that, this this team is, is you know, is going somewhere. We went through that million pound miracle and it, it changed everything for this club. And, you know, yeah, we've had a bit of a bad run, but what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And I'm sure next season, Ian Watson and the boys will take this um, experience they've gone through in the last few weeks and it's going to grow and grow. And I'm confident that we'll go again next season with another top eight finish. Yeah, well, it's best regular season finish since 1980. We finished fourth in 1980. We've never got to fourth since we finished fifth in 06, uh, six in 1997. But obviously, I suppose you can you can take that stack out in regular season. But it wasn't. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the season position will probably be the one after the 30 games. Well, that's the one that'll go down the record book to look at. Right down where you finished after 23 rounds, really. So our season finished this season with seven points. I presume that's what will go down in the record, which is still a good finish, Rob. Oh, yeah. Um, considering where we were last season. And like you said, to, to finish fourth after 23 rounds, um, if you go back to the 97 season, the season was only 22 rounds anyway. It was only a 22 round season with 12 teams who played each other once, didn't they? So they, they changed things around, they play extra extra games and what have you, don't they? So um, you've had extra magic weekend game. So to finish fourth after 23 games, I think was a good achievement, but. But yeah, we've made progress from, we really are, I think there's a lot to be positive about. Um, obviously there's a lot of off the field stuff at the moment that's up in the air, but um, well, I think the, the season on the whole should be remembered for the good things rather than bad. Yeah, obviously let's look at, back at the uh, the Leeds game, like, talking about bad. Um, stats, tackles. We have to. Yeah, just run through. Uh, ben Murdoch Masali did 23 tackles, Jack with 35, Griffin with 41, Tyrone McCarthy with 41. Um, you know, Paul was making loads of tackles, but obviously Leeds riders were throwing the ball about and Salford had a lot of tackling, wouldn't they? 
How many tackles did we miss? A lot. <laughs> we missed him, we missed him, yeah. We missed quite a lot of tackles, yeah, quite a lot of dropping on tackles on, on Friday night, especially for that one where Rob Burrow charged through and put Danny Maguire over. That was, uh, to, let, to let them pair race through was uh, a bit of a nightmare, really. We wanted shabby defending, but, uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a tough night in the office, Rob. Yeah, top metre makers. Uh, Junior Sow in 94. Um, yeah. Ryan Lannan with 59, Griffin with 61, the man who the tie with 95, uh, biggest one, uh, but like I say, we didn't have any goal forward, Leeds were, you know, swarming all over, weren't they, we struggled to get any goal forward, really. Like I said before, we had quite a lot of ball at their line in the first half, I think we had about eight or nine sets of six, but we couldn't seem to, to score, uh, the second half, it was all Leeds, we were right in that, in that second half, and, uh, it wasn't quite as bad as that game two years ago when they beat the 70 points to six. God, that was a, that was awful. I was working the day after that. I felt so depressed after that one. So it wasn't quite as bad as that. But uh, it wasn't far off in the end, was it? 42, 44 2. Mm. Uh, right, I was just glad we didn't get the 50 in the end. Yeah, that's, in the end. that's a good sign. I think it's a good sign that. Obviously, keeping cause old Salford teams would have, would have got 50, 60 on them there, wouldn't they? So. You know, thought the was better than We're that. We're clutching their straws here, Rob. We are. We'll put the straws back in the, back in the cup. Uh, big thanks to everyone who, who did the three-word match reports from out of the matches. Uh, Paul Foster, worrying times ahead. Colin Reynolds, players on holiday. His man of the match was Evels. Uh, Chairman, ba- Chairman Bob, uh, woeful, uninspiring. His man of the match was Niall Evels. Andrew Martin, waste of money. Uh, and his man of the match was me for going. So, uh, yeah, it was one of them. It was uh, a bad performance, but, you know, we've got bigger fish to fry with you know the games and the seasons coming up yeah definitely mate definitely it's like we never win it anyway do we so, uh, <laughs> so uh, I think yeah. we could have like 13 Darren Lockyer's playing for them we never won't win it anyway we'll be just one of them things but no hopefully it's something we're going to get off our back in the next few years like you said before Roberts it's about progressing now, isn't it? We next season we've got to make sure we get in that top 8 again and then hopefully start challenging it around like Leeds and I know we won at Wigan in the regular season so uh, we won at Hull as well with 50 points so it's all about getting that consistency now um, and being able to get into that top 8 and then challenge those sides again and unfortunately this time we haven't done really we've only winning against Huddersfield if you look at all the other games we've been comfortably beaten in them all really haven't we so uh, they've left quite a lot of points so I think we've got some pieces since we've got this the Super 8 so obviously that's something Ian and, and the coaching staff will be looking for next season so we can get back in the 8 and, uh, and move on to the next level in the 8 Who was your uh, man of the match Paul? Nile Evels Evels I thought Nile Evels played really well I thought Jay Bibby again mm. um, and, and Ryan Lennon I thought they, they ran the weight then too but I thought Nile stood out for me I thought he's, he's under the high ball he's really good um, and he just looks solid in the defence he, he, he worked hard Nile he looked dangerous going forward as well and, uh, He's really come on the last few weeks and his confidence is back again. And, uh, yeah, he's the, the best of a bad bunch for me. Yeah, I think when I go for Rob Lewis, I think he did okay. You know, obviously, behind a beaten pack, um, he did. He tried to make the magic happen, so I'm going to go for him. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you another one you, you, you saw getting quite a bit of um, bit of stick on, on, on Facebook and social media, whatever he was, Logan Tompkins. Should I say something on Logan? I mean, I think Ian Watson alluded to it. At the start of the season, when you had Flanagan, Lyle Tarzi, Lee Mossop, you had like your big middles there, protecting Logan, didn't you? He's playing on top of a big pack. Now, when we've not got that big pack there, Logan's had to do a lot more work. Teams are running at him and tiring him out. He's not got that protection around him now, has he? And I think 
oh, right, he might show up that, you know, he's, he's struggling a bit, but sometimes, you know, that's not just down to him, that's down to the mm-hmm. players around him, so I think sometimes he cops a bit of stick more than perhaps he doesn't really deserve. Yeah, I think he's had steady head, isn't he? You know, he, he, he gets it, he makes the tackles, you know, he's, you know, gets the play the ball, distributes it well. Yeah, I think obviously with the big forwards around him, he can get them rolling forward. You know, it, it gives us opportunity and space to run into. But if you don't have that, then he's a bit, you know, bit, a bit of bother, and he can't really do do what That's he can one do. one place where I think we we've, we've lost out in the Super H really. We've been beaten in the forwards, haven't we? Mm. And, and I, I don't like blaming people. Probably say, "Oh, what, what are you talking about? Injured players going forward." I think that's that's something where we we lack that size, and we you can't really put a price on on Mark Flanagan how much we've missed him and, and Lee Moss. I'm like big player Lee Moss. I thought he was going going great guns for us, wasn't he? Before he got injured at the, the start of his even around Easter time, wasn't it? Mm. Wow, when you went kind of the last game he played, Lee. But uh, Lionel Tars as well. He's another big miss for us, man. He's a big forward, uh, you know, charging that ball, a big prop forward for us. Adam Wall seems to have struggled since he's come back from his. Yeah, so obviously, unfortunately, Salford defeated against Leeds uh, 44 points to 2. And now, what we'll do, uh, we'll have a look at what our amateur size did uh, with Paul and his amateur report, and then we'll preview the game against Ireland on Thursday. We'll start this week's amateur report with the National Conference Leagues. No games for our local sides in the Premier Division, so we go straight into Division 2, where Crossfields beat Saddleworth by 34 points to 14. Another tough day for Salford City Roosters. They were beaten at home by 32 points to 16 against Millen. Two goals from John McAtee, and also the tries coming from Christian Higgins. George Kemp and Mike Foster in that defeat. So that's a defeat that sees Salford Roosters, as we know, are relegated, along with Millam as well, who finished second bottom in that league. So it's been a tough year for Salford City Roosters, and we hope they regroup in the close season and come back stronger next year. Moving on to Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's had a good win. They beat Stanley Rangers by 46 points to 10. Clockface Miners beat Waterhead Warriors 34 points to 12. And the fixtures for this week, there's a midweek fixture on the Tuesday, the 19th of September in Division 2. That's Saddleworth Rangers against Bradford Dudley Hill. On Saturday, there's one fixture involving our local size. Waterhead Warriors travel to Stanley Rangers in Division 3. And it's also the RFL Challenge Trophy Final. Hunslet Club Parkside take on Wigan St. Patrick's at the Foxes Biscuit Stadium, Mount Pleasant in Batley. So that's a big day there, a big cup final there. So uh, if you're not doing anything on, on Saturday, short trip to Batley if you can. Half past two kick-off there. I'm sure that'll be a very entertaining afternoon. Right, the North West Men's League. Division 1 on Saturday was a great day for Folly Lane. They beat Wigan St. Pat's by... Wigan St. Pat's A by 54 points to 16 to be crowned North West Men's League Division 1 champion so absolutely tremendous season with Folly Lane have had and congratulations to everybody involved there from everybody on the podcast really great achievement and we wish Folly Lane all the best in the close season and good luck for next season but that's 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 real great news for, uh, for one of our local sides Folly Lane Division 3 of the North West Men's League on Saturday was Oldham St. Anne's A 26 Wigan St. Cuthbert's 24 Division 5 Aspel New Springs 4 
46, Bolton Mets 6, Berry Broncos A, played Holton Farm with Hornets A and played out a thrilling 28-all draw also in Division 5. The fixtures for this weekend, there's not many actually, they're all going to be played on Friday the 22nd of September, they're all in Division 5 and it's Bolton Mets against Holton Farm with Hornets A, Berry Broncos A against Blackpool Stanley, Saddleworth Rangers A against Aspel New Springs and Wigan Springview against the Clockface Miners A. Under 18's International, this was played on Saturday at the Carfillet Centre of Sporting Excellence in Wales, and it was Wales 24, England Lions 42. Lancashire have confirmed their 23 player squad ahead of the Barlow Under 17's County Championship Tri Series with Cumbria and Yorkshire. One of our local players is involved, that's Jackson Kelly from Rochdale Mayfield. The Tri Series launches on Sunday, the 30th of September, when Yorkshire hosts Lancashire at Shalston Rovers. Cumbria will meet the loser of that game on Sunday, the 14th of October, and will take on the winner on Sunday the 21st of October a venue to be confirmed each county will get one home game in the series Right, youth and junior league action. There was just two results on the weekend. There wasn't many games at all, just these two in the under-16s. Division 1, it was Dalton 34, Saddleworth 4. And in Division 2, Oral St. James 24, Folly Lane 18. Now some exciting news for Great Britain Police. They will land in Canada as I'm recording today. This is Monday, so they're landing in Canada on Monday the 18th of September, hoping to establish with the host country the exact nature of a three-way competition involving Canada Wolverines and New Zealand Police. The Wolverines and New Zealand will meet on Wednesday the 20th of September and Great Britain take on Canada on the 24th of September, that's Sunday. The British Police will then face New Zealand on Wednesday the 27th of September before flying home on Sunday the 1st of October. And they will spend much of their time involved in development in schools and clubs over there. It is not yet clear whether teams in each game will be playing for points or whether a trophy is going to be at stake. But Great Britain coach Gareth Pratt has took a, a good squad of players over there and quite a few of our local police are involved in that and I'll give their names a mention now. James Connaughton, Anthony Mack, Ben Mars and Dan Scallon of Greater Manchester Police are on the way over there along with Tom Gallagher, Stu Mansfield and Kieran Stevens of the Lancashire Police. They're going to be joined by some lads from Cumbria, Humberside and all over Yorkshire. So uh, we wish them all the best. As I said, the fixtures are Canada Wolverines against Great Britain Police that is on Sunday the 24th of September and Great Britain Police against New Zealand Police on Wednesday the 27th of September so I'll keep you posted on how the uh, the British police lads are doing over there so safe journey to them and uh, we hope they have a great tournament well finally this week just to finish off a big congratulations to former Caddy Z Rhinos player Billy voted um, supporters player of the 17 by the Gloucester all gold side so we know he's done great things since leaving uh, leaving Caddy's head playing for North Wales Crusaders and also at the University of Gloucester all goals that's a great achievement that to be to be voted uh, supporters player of the season you know you've got to be a real uh, supporters favourite and put the graft in to do that and I'm sure Billy's done that this season we wish him all the best for next season and uh, congratulations from everybody on uh, on the Devil in the Detail podcast and as, I said, as we mentioned before I'm going to mention him again Folly Lane massive congratulations North West Men's League Division 1 champions this season brilliant everyone at the podcast is made up for Folly Lane so that's it that's all I've got for you this week it's been a bit of a marathon on this one but don't forget Salford at home to St Helens on Thursday night 8pm kickoff. I'll see you there Seven days a week 24 hours a day live radio contact It's time for the Devil of the So, on Thursday night, Paul, last home game of the season. Hopefully, finish with a flourish.
Yeah, hopefully, yeah. No, like I said before, it's going to be a, a difficult match. We say Ellen's going for that top four. It's still so competitive, I don't think, after the league table, but it will be because they're playing first, so if they win on Thursday, they'll be in the top four, then depending on how Hull go on, they play Castle on Friday, don't they, and then Wakefield playing Wigan on the Sunday. So it's going to be an exciting weekend, with it, to see who finishes up there in the top four, but it'd be nice for us to finish with a, with a win. And um, maybe spoil St. Helens' party. I think if we beat him, I don't think they can, they can get in there. I think it might stop them getting in. So it'd be great to finish off the season with a win. And to beat St. Helens as well, they're a good side at home. You know, for the second time this season, I think that'd be, uh, be great. I think we all won for that 25 24, don't we? But earlier in the season, a bit of revenge there. But it's going to be a tough, tough game. Saints have been playing well over the last few weeks. They've had some good wins. And, and uh, they, they seem switched on now, don't they, to, uh, to get into that top four? Yeah, St. Helens are going for that top four spot. You know, it's up to us to spoil the party, really. Um, you know, hopefully the players uh, have one more big effort in them, uh, you know, to, to get a win. Yeah, and it looks like that Ben Barber's sort of slotted in well, hasn't he, for uh, the Saints? And uh, he played really well against Fuddersfield at the weekend. He got a of action one there, so he's going to be definitely one we have to watch on, on, on Thursday night. And they've got some pace in that side as well, haven't they? like some reading grace, Tommy Mathis and Percival. And I've been impressed with the young halfback, Danny Richardson. He's keeping. Um, Mike Smith out on the side at the moment, isn't he? So, uh, so we have to watch St. Helens. They're a good side out there. Like I said, they're coming into form at the right time of the season. And, you know, they're, they're definitely pushing for that top four. Now, I've got a table in front of me, actually. St. Helens are fourth at the moment on 31 points. They've got a better points difference than Wigan, who are level with 31. And they've got a better points difference than Wakefield as well, quite quite significantly better. So, a win will, will definitely secure St. Helens in the, in the top four. So, uh, so yeah, they're going to come and be lucky and they're going to be going out all guns blazing out against us on Thursday. Yeah, so give me your score prediction for the game on, on uh, Thursday night, Paul. I'm going to put it down the back of the league express. Uh, Salford 20, St. Helens 16. Salford 20, St. Helens 16. I'm going to go Salford 26, St. 6. How come the opposition always scores 6? Well, I just can't. You, said, you said 44 last week, at least 30 points to 6 at all. Consolation try. Consolation try. Yeah. <laughs> They'll go over with like 10 minutes to go, we'll just give them one. Yeah, you go. That'd be a good win though, Rob, wouldn't 26 against Saints? It would, it would. But like I say, that, that's the no, final game of the season. You know, the boys want to go out and finish, want, 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 want to go out and a big finish, won't they? So hopefully, come away with a win. So, that was our you know, preview of the game against St. Helens. And what we'll do now, we'll look back at which players. Uh, won the Devon Retail Awards uh, for 2017. Right, so here we go. Devon Retail's Podcast Player of the Year, Paul. You know, big competition. Big thanks for everyone who voted. Uh, you know, lots of contenders, weren't there? Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah, I think it's been quite close, hasn't they? They're running for it, so uh, I'll be interested and excited to see who won. Yeah, so let's start with the uh, Young Player of the Year. Uh, in third place uh, was Ryan Lannan. Uh, had a great season. Uh, and reached third place in the Young Player of the Year uh, award. Yeah, I think he has, Ryan. We mentioned before, didn't we? And he had spoke to us and said it a few times, hadn't he? He probably played a bit more than he, he would have he would have done normally or without the injuries and that. But he's done well, hasn't he? And the experience will do really good. And, you know, he's going to be he's going to be buying for first team spot every every week next season. I think now I think he'll be a first team regular because he's progressed, hasn't he? And uh, he's looking a good player for the future, Ryan. And yeah, he's he's had a really good season. Yeah, second place in the Young Player of the Year award goes to Jake Bibby. Um, another great season for him. He's uh, come in and uh, done a great job for us. Yeah, I think he might be a bit unlucky not to win it, Jake Bibby. I think he's 
he's been fantastic. We'll only find out the lad who has won it. I think, you know, he's probably, you know, not, we won't be bothered about losing to the guy who's won it, I would have thought, Rob, because the guy who's won it has done really well. But Jake Bibby, yeah, yeah, I think he's been really good this season. He's made a lot of progress. I thought he did really well last season, Jake Bibby came in, but this season he's improved it again, 100% again, and uh, he's going to, He's going to be up there that next season, fighting for a first team spot. I think whoever's, you know, in the three quarter line next season, whoever we bring in, you're going to have a tough task to, to shift Jake because he's making so much progress, as we've said before. He's probably not the quickest bloke in the world, but he's he's all 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 action, hundred percent. Jake, he's good under the eyeball. That's improving all the time. The the meters he's making, you know, going forward, he's he's doing really well, and I, I've been so pleased with the progress that Jake's made. Yeah, so the uh, the winner of our Young Player of the Year for 2017 is Chris Brining. Great performance all season and Thorne deserves his uh, Young Player of the Year award. Yeah, he certainly does, yeah. Um, I think he's done great, Chris. I can remember speaking to him when he first came to the club in November. And, um, he was, he was like a, a young lad coming to a new school. He was sort of really nervous and well, dead down to earth. Absolutely lovely lad to speak to and, uh, you know, kept to... Uh, Kept in touch with him throughout the season, talked to him after the games, and man, it's been it's been brilliant. You know, to see the way he's progressed, and you know, he's really settled in now. And it's, I spoke to him uh, the other week. I think kind of played. I was at the Wakefield Open, and I don't see how he's matured as a player, and uh, it's just brilliant. He really is. He's come from two leagues up there, and you know, he's had a bit of an injury this season. That's that's really frustrated him. I think he really did frustrate him that set him back a bit, but he's came back from that now. And, I think with a good pre-season behind him, I think he's going to be one of the top fucking fuckers in Super League next season, definitely. Yeah, so let's go on to the, ne- the next category uh, in the Devil of Detail uh, podcast player of the year. This is the best newcomer of 2017, Paul. We had some great runs and riders uh, in that uh, poll. In third place uh, is Lamatazi. Back from St. Helens, um, showing, what, showing us what he can do. Yeah, certainly done really well now at the end of the season he's been very solid uh, very consistent with his performances and he's been a lot of games where he's played really well I mean, you can say that and I think he's he looks a better player a miles better player than he was last season with St. Helens but I think he's finding the form that when he first came to Salford you know um, that form that he was in then he's back to his best and yeah he's had a really good really good solid season very unlucky to get injured in that uh, cup semi-final and miss the rest of the season that was very unfortunate that for Palama and uh, Speaking to Ian on on, uh, on Friday, I think he said that he wasn't far off, you know, coming back, and you know, he, perhaps he could have made the Saints game at home this week, but I don't think he's going to play. I don't think he'll risk him now. But it's unfortunate because nobody wants to end, end the season like that. But he'll be remembered for the good stuff he did, you know, throughout the season, Lama. Yeah, he got, adds a lot of punch to our pack, I think, Lamatazi, and you know, bringing him back from Settlers, you know, a bit of a masterstroke for me. Added a bit of beef to the the pack and. Good go forward and, you know, good to have him back on board for me. Yeah, we've missed him. As I said before, we've missed him. Like some Moss at Flanagan and now Tazzy as well. He's a big hole out on the side, isn't he? He's quite hard to replace, isn't he? It's like Ian called them big nasty. He said, he, I wouldn't mind another big nasty middle, didn't he, when he was yeah. recruiting. And I think a big nasty middle, you've got one there in Lama Tazzy, haven't you? He's, uh, he is, he's got that go forward, he's got that aggression as well, hasn't he? He's got that aggression in defence. He's a good, a good solid defender. He can come up with it. The big hits at the right time, can't he, Lama Tazi? So, so, yeah, we wish him well in his recovery, and I'm sure he'll bounce back next season. Yeah, second place in uh, Best Newcomer of 2017. That goes to Chris Wellham. Um, another great season for him. Comes in, newcomer, good 
centre plays well, you know, for deserves his second place in the uh, newcomer award. Yeah, I thought he did pretty well for, for newcomer award. So yeah, yeah, it was one of them between him and Chris Bryan for me. I thought Chris coming and doing a good job as well, but Chris Wellen has surprised me. I mean, got a bit of flat when he first signed, didn't he? People sort of didn't know what to make of his signing, and I remember thinking at the time, give him a lot of chance because. You know, he's, he's scored tries wherever he's been. His try record's phenomenal at Car and, and at Bradford. And I think he's shown quality this season for us. He, he really has. He, he got a good partnership going with Greg Johnson earlier on in the season. They were doing really well. He's been a bit suspect the last couple of weeks. As of all the players in the side, we've struggled, haven't we, in a bad run. And I don't think you can, you can look at that. His form dipped, didn't it? But, uh, you know, as, as you take the season as a whole, I think Chris has been a real unsung hero, hasn't he? And probably a surprise package because I don't think we expected him to to be as good as how he's been so uh, yeah I'm delighted for him because he's a really top guy as well and uh, yeah, he's, done, he's done really well this season yeah I think he's a real quality centre I know obviously a lot of times we have kind of utility backs don't we and having Chris Wellen there as a centre you know gave us good balance for me especially with Johnson on the outside they linked up well scored a lot of tries early on um, and were our most attacking threat so yeah happy with that you know second place for him he's going to be uh, you know raring for next season hopefully more to come uh, so first place in the best newcomer of 2017, the winner of that is Chris Brining. Again, a double for him, Paul. Uh, young player of the year and also best newcomer. Great news for him. Yeah, I thought Chris, Chris, Chris Brining would have won. I did vote for Chris Wellham. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm surprised because I thought Chris Wellham had won it. <laughs> no. It's been a long day. It's been a long day, it is indeed, yeah. But yeah, but great for Chris Brining, yeah. Uh, Two awards for him there, and yeah, well, you couldn't give it to either Chris Wellham or Chris Bryant. But as I said, I voted for Chris Wellham, but, but I couldn't, when I was doing the voting, I couldn't split the two of them. Really. No. I thought, well, I'll vote for Chris Wellham because uh, I voted for Chris Bryant in the other one. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, but yeah, he's had an excellent season, Chris. As you said before, he got that injury, but he's, he's done well and delighted for him as well, and delighted to see the progress he's making. It's always good when you get a, a young lad coming through there and you know, signing him and watching him progress and I think he I think he will, I think he'll go on to the next level and you know, if he keeps progressing the way he is, who knows, he could be in with a shout of an England call maybe next season. because uh, he obviously he's gonna have another pre season with us and you know, you look at the way he plays now, he plays above his weight, he's not the biggest of blokes, is he? And you know, that that size might come next season, might put a bit more size on him. You obviously don't want to lose that speed and that but his distribution of the ball as well is excellent and uh, yeah, he's added that bit of X factor, and I know he's got a lot of fans in the crowd as well. Chris, Chris Brown has earned a lot of respect to the supporters, and uh, I think he's up there to be uh, perhaps our number one pick next season. Yeah. So obviously, let's do uh, the big one, uh, the Devil in the Detail Player of the Year for 2017. Uh, we're going to won't get confused on this one. Yeah, we'll try and get this one sorted. Um, right. So we're going to go top five. Uh, so in fifth place, we've got Nile Levels. Um, great performances from him at fullback. Uh, and shifted out to the wing a couple of times uh, but yeah great finish for him top 5 in the uh, Player of the Year awards yeah people probably say he's not a centre and he's not a winger now because he has struggled uh, this season in that position I can remember the Wakefield game had a bit of a core game and he got a bit of flat for that that Wakefield away game we lost but um, people say he's an out and out fullback now and I think he is I thought last season we played away at Saints and I think he scored a couple of tries there in the centre and I thought he is, he'd be alright in the centre but no for me fullback fullback's in his position and you know credit to him he's had it tough there with Gareth O'Brien Gareth O'Brien sort of came in and, and stole his, his position really didn't he through playing well 
who's no fault of all grinds, he played really well and deserved that full-back spot, but you no, know, Niles got back in there, muscled his way back in and it made the full-back spot his own, I think, last few months and um, you know, he's kept Gareth O'Brien out of the side and that's all credit to him and his, his character and uh, yeah, I, I think he's, he's he's done well, he's done really well, he's chipped him with the tries again, he's looking good and I'm glad he signed that contract because halfway through the season I thought, you know, he's not, he's not getting games and there's rumours about him going and and you thought the obvious thing was he's going to leave, you know, we're, we're not getting game time, but really delighted that he's going to stay because he's a pivotal part of our future. Yeah, fourth place in the uh, Devon Detail Player of the Year award for 2017 goes to last year's winner, Craig Cock. Jack, another great season for him, um, but finishes fourth this year rather than first. Mr. Consistent, isn't he, Craig? Very consistent player. Um, you could have given him Player of the Year, couldn't you? You could give him Player of the Year every year because... Uh, you know what you're going to get with Craig, don't you? You know you're going to get 100% out of him every week. He'll, he'll run the ball in hand every week. He'll tackle, he'll make the yards. He just is like the unsung hero. Sometimes you don't notice the work that he actually does do. It's like when we do the, the man of the matches. You ask me every week, don't you use your man of the match today? And I could probably say Craig Kopchak nine times out of ten you know, for, the, for the work that he does. So, uh, so yeah, and... Uh, no, he's, I've got a lot of respect for Craig as well. When you speak to him, he, he's, he's critical sometimes of his own performance and, and the team's performance. And, and I think defeats really hurt him, don't they? He's, he's a very proud man and um, I'm glad he's in, in, the, in our side. I think, you know, we're looking for a new captain next season, aren't we? With Michael Dobson going. I would say Craig Kopchak's probably up there as a contender for that as well. Yeah, I think it's consistency. Like you said, every week he puts in yeah. great, great performances, week in, week out. You know, was the was the play really the podcast player there last year, and obviously with a, a fourth place finish um, this year, you know, shows that he's, he's still putting in performances. You know, week in week out. Third place in the uh, podcast player of the year for 2018 that goes to Michael Dobson. Obviously departing at the end of the season, but you know what a great season he's had. I voted for Michael to win it. I voted. He was my player of the year, Michael Dobson. Earlier. I thought he'd been fantastic, I thought he was fantastic last season, but this season I was just, just so gutted for him to, to get injured, he, he's not going to be able to have that send-off, I mean hopefully the club will give him a good send-off on, on Thursday night against St. Helens, you know, him on the pitch and, you know, give him, give him, give him what he deserves really, because he's, he's gives off in everything the last few years, hasn't he, he really has, he's had injury problems and that, but he's been so committed to us, he's led us around the pitch, he's, some of his performances this season, I mean, He's been outstanding at his kicking game. Just just his overall play. You know, the way he leads us. And he's won, pulled us out of the bag this season, pulled pictures out of the bag for us. And he's just been great to watch. I really do. I think he's, he's worked his socks off. And yeah, I was really disappointed when he was ruled out for the season. I just think it was a bit of pull for us all to swallow that with him not being able to get the send-off in his own. But yeah, well done to Michael. This has been tremendous. Yeah, so basically the top two in our uh, play of the year poll, it was only 1% between them, Paul. Um, which is pretty amazing, really, because obviously, you know, we've had some great uh, competition, haven't we, in the squad? Um, but second place goes to Rob Lewis. Another great season. Obviously, Michael Dobson was his halfback partner for most of the season, both working well together. Rob Lewis had that bit of magic uh, and finishes second in the uh, Player of the Year Awards for 2017. Yeah, he's done well, he's done, he's done well, is Robert, this year? You know, he's. Um some of his performances, his, his try assists and he's weighed him with a few tries himself. He's looked really dangerous, hasn't he? And his partnership with, with Michael Dobson, they were really blossomed this season, didn't they? kept Todd Carney out of the side, you know. He's a good player as Todd Carney. They, they did, they kept him out of the team, really. And uh, 
you know, that was respect to them, and I'm sure Robert will be looking to do the same again next season, but yeah, he's had it, he's another one, he's had a good season. Yeah, so the winner of the Devil in the Detail Player of the Year for 2017 is Ben Murdom-Asala. Great season for him, potential uh, Man of Steel contender for me, um, had a great year for us, played outstanding rugby league, and uh, you know, fully deserves his Player of the Year award from us. Definitely, as I said to you the other week, didn't I think I said it on last week's show actually, he got injured didn't he against Rochdale Hornets and that very first friendly back in January and I remember seeing him hobbling out on the ground at the end of the game and he sort of smiled at me when I said, you know, good luck, I'll be back soon and that and you could tell he was going to be out for a bit, he missed a few games didn't he, but he came back into the side didn't he, he scored some tries didn't he, he got on a good run at form there, he got those two tries against Castle, that's one of my highlights of the season for Ben, but some of the block busting runs there was one home game, I can't remember who it was against him. Remember, uh, dad looking at me and he said, Simply, oh, listen, you might have been Colin Dixon there charging through. And for my dad to say that about somebody, you know, he, he must have played well. So, uh, so yeah, he's given us a lot of good memories, hasn't he, this season of charging over him. I remember the, the, the win at Wigan when Jack Dearden was sat near him and he said, Big Ben strikes again when he crashed over against Wigan. And yeah, he's given us some really happy memories this season, Baron. He's done really well, and like you said, I think he was he, he's up there for a, a Man of Steel contender. If we hadn't had that dip in form, we'd have been near the top of the table. I think he'd have been right up there in that because he's been superb. Yeah, he's, he's you know put some fantastic performances, scored some great tries, you know putting some big hits as well, and he's he's an all round great player as well. And you know I think he deserves that you know that uh, Player of the Year award for us. Uh, big thanks to everyone who, who voted, Paul. Um, you know taking time out to do the poll and you know it's great to see people you know putting their opinions across who thinks you know who they think should be uh, the winners of our polls yeah definitely definitely yeah thanks to all the listeners there I mean it was hard really wasn't it you know voting for you especially with the player in here because there's another guy who, who I mentioned to you didn't I when we were thinking about doing, doing the, who, who to, to put in the categories and what have you Matt Flanagan wasn't it I mean I think he'd have been up there you know he got his injury didn't he and, Unfortunately, he's missed quite a chunk of the season now, hasn't he? He's been out for quite a while now. And he's someone who was doing really well, wasn't he? Performing really well. So, and Lee Mossop as well. He, I mean, he could have been up. I think he'd have been up there for the newcomer of the year, wouldn't he? If, uh, yeah, they got injured. So, that's a shame that the players like that have missed out. But all the players that were mentioned there, I mean, have all done really well, especially the young lads as well. Uh, they've all come in and done a really good job. For you know, Chris Bryan coming in, young Daniel Worry as well. We've not mentioned Daniel, he's, he's coming, young kid, only 20 when he signed, 21 now. He's played a few games this season, I'm sure he'll be be, uh, be back in, in contention next season. But Ryan Lennon, as we mentioned, Jake Bibby, doing really well. So, uh, all the lads that we've got mentioned there have all, all done fantastically well this season. Yeah, been great. Obviously, you know, moving forward as a club, you know, we've had some great performances, Paul, and I'm, you know, I'm sure they'll be up for more performances like that in uh, 2018. So big thanks for everyone who tuned in this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Another great show, Paul. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a bit nervous. I've not got many left, have I, now this season? No. Uh, if I'm going to miss it when the, the season ends, you know, until, until next season. But yeah, hopefully we'll have some good news to report next week. You know, a big game against St. Helens and let's hope we can get a big crowd down there and really get behind the lads on, on Thursday night and uh, finish the season with a bang. Yeah, big thanks for tuning in this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. I've been Rob Parkinson and we'll see you next week.
24 hours a day. Radio Contact.